Hey y'all, it's Kiara, and thanks for tuning in to another episode of For Realness Sake. Happy anniversary to our podcast! (laughs) We recently hit the one year mark, and I couldn't be more excited, y'all. This year has been crazy. You know, just like I know, that 2020 has been the most unconventional year ever. And I feel like every month presented a new challenge that we had to overcome. But throughout these months, I can really say that I learned so much. And me and you, we grew together. So yay us, right? No? (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) This week's guest is Kaya Glover. Kaya is a social worker and therapist turned parenting coach. She has been working with children and families in various ways for over 10 years. Kaya is now using her education and experience to support parents in raising mentally healthy children and enhancing relationships with their child. This makes her more than qualified to speak on our topic today, which is relationships between mothers and daughters. Remember that it's important to take care of you first, sis. You can't give from an empty glass. You just can't. Honor your emotions, seek therapy, and heal. And try to be the best version of yourself that you can be. After you listen to this episode, make sure that you follow me on Instagram at 4.realness.sake. And also subscribe to my YouTube at For Realness Sake. Y'all, the next few weeks are going to be amazing. I documented my one-year anniversary experience by celebrating with a sisterhood event, and it was beautiful. And I'm going to be sharing those experiences with you for the next few weeks on Instagram and YouTube. So trust me, you don't want to miss it. Thanks for listening, y'all. Here's Kaya. you go ahead and introduce yourself to us and let us know what you do as a social worker as a regular human being what's going on okay so my name is Kaya and in my everyday job I do therapy so I'm a licensed master social worker I also work in a middle school as a crisis counselor basically and then I've also created notes by Kaya which is a mental health education platform so I talk about a lot of the things that a lot of times black people get the wrong idea about mental health. And so I thought it was important to educate and really like give us the real from us and our perspective. Mm -hmm. Um, And recently I've been focusing a lot on children's mental health because that's really who I work with. And so talking to parents, it's been mostly moms. But talking to them (laughs) about uh, how they can change different things in their parenting so that their kids are less likely to deal with the things like depression, anxiety, Mm. and all those kinds of things. Wow. That's awesome, first of all. And I think that is good that you're talking to the parents because, I mean, once the parents are more educated, they can then, you know, educate their children and then be better for them. So that's some serious superhero work that you're doing. I just want to let you know. 
And uh, I'm inspired by that. Like, I, anytime I meet a social worker, I'm like, okay, so we out here, number right. one. And <laughs> yeah. so, like, to see us in different facets, like, I just, I love that. So, go you. <laughs> go you. No, 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 not yet. <laughs> Give me a couple years and we can, we can circle back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you. So I love what we're getting ready to talk about. And you guys know, because you can see the title of this episode is called Mother May I. And who better to talk to than you, a person who speaks to mothers on a daily um, and have those sometimes maybe difficult conversations with them and how they should be interacting with their child. And so us as adults now, having gone through that age of adolescence, um, I sometimes wish there was someone that could have talked to my mom during that time and maybe like gave her a little bit of encouraging words and maybe some helpful uh, steps to include include in how she raised me. Now, what brought this conversation on for me is a meme that I saw that was circulating on um, Instagram, I think from Twitter. And it basically said, um, black girls, how is your relationship with your mom? And I clicked on it and it was a whole thread of women who were like pretty much saying, yeah, girl, I don't really talk to her or, you know, we be up and down. Or um, one girl said, my mom still thinks I'm 12, even though I'm 32. And I was like, whoa. And I mean, it was just like maybe every 10th girl was like, my relationship, my mom is good, you know. But the majority of women were like, no, sis, like I ain't there. And I felt that because I've gone through my own um, blunders with my mom throughout my life. And I think that, um, you know, you, you, you want to, you want to say it's okay. You want to be able to say like, girl, no, my mom is, you know, my best friend, but in reality, no, you know, she's not. And I want to get to a place to where we can be. And I think uh, from that one post where I saw a lot of women want to be in that place with their moms, but there's such a, a breakdown in, I don't know, communication. There's some sort of disconnect there. And so I want to explore that with you today. I have really started to dive into this. So I was thinking there are events like for fathers and daughters. We talk a lot about that relationship, mothers and sons. We have like, oh, your mama's boy, like things like that, mm-hmm. which can be positive or negative. And we talk a lot about those, but we don't really talk about the relationship between moms and daughters. Mm-hmm. So I started exploring that more. I actually had this year um, my Mother's Day brunch, um, yeah. and it was called Healing the Black Woman, which was specifically catered to moms and daughters because. Our relationships, like you said, we want that closeness, but sometimes there are just things that get in the way. A lot of times it's generational. So Mm -hmm. how was your mom towards you? I think a lot of times, uh, what was I watching? Oh, I was watching Greenleaf. Mm, I love that show. (laughs) I'm catching up, so I'm a little behind. But Carissa (laughs) was talking to May and was like, well, my mother saw me as her biggest competition. And I, I'm seeing like that is a huge thing. Mm. 
we see it in different movies and stuff. We see it in shows. We see it in real life that for whatever reason, moms like feel like they have to compete all the time. And it's like, but why? You're the one that's supposed to be showing me how to be, how I'm supposed to grow up. But instead, you're always competing with me. I'm not a competition for you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. So I don't know why this hasn't gotten more attention and why we haven't paid more attention to this dynamic. A lot of TV shows show like a breakdown between a mother and a daughter. And I'm like, why? I I just started watching Moesha. You know, it came back on Netflix. And just seeing kind of how um, Mo and her stepmom, Dee, interact, it's like, whoa, it's so, it's so harsh sometimes. And I think that, you know, coming into, uh, for her particular situation, um, you know, she came in as a stepmom and it seemed like she was ready to sort of, em- you know, embrace Moesha as her mother figure, but Moesha was resistant and then Dee became resistant. So it was like a power struggle yeah. between them. And so, and then I watch Sister, Sister, because, you know, that's on as well. Mm -hmm. And I see the relationship that Lisa has with Tia on the show. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like even last night, I was almost brought the tears off the the most simplest thing with them because she was just saying like, oh, let's be girlfriends, you know, let's, let's dish on, you know, what's going on in your life and how Tia was like, okay, let's talk. And I was reminded of my own relationship with my mom and how like most black moms, they say things like, I'm not one of your little friends. Uh, Yes. You know? So it creates this boundary for me, you know, as a a child, I'm growing up and my mom is not my friend, right? And so now I'm 20, you know, eight years old. And now it's like, oh, can can we be friends now? Because now I don't really want to be your friend. You know, you you pushed me away (laughs) all these years and saying like creating that, boundary of respect and don't cross this line I'm the only woman here you know but now that I'm a woman too how can we build a bridge over that you know what I mean and I don't you know it's so important for them to stress that I'm not one of your friends and I understand a lot of times it is to try to set a boundary of like respect but if we can get to a point where we are more as friends, I will respect you. Mm. But you trying to force that respect on me, I'm like, okay, yeah, whatever. You know what I'm saying? So it's such a harsh boundary that I think we need to see that it can open up a little bit, you know? So when you're doing that and I'm not one of your little friends when I have something important going on, who am I going to then? My mm. friends. And they're giving wrong information. Right. They're from their <laughs> broken homes, their generational curses going on, like that's what they're bringing to me. Where you could teach me from your own lessons. Yeah, the blind leading the blind. Right. <laughs> Because my friends said it. I mean, I will say I typically had like pretty good friends that came from pretty stable homes and things like that. But there, there still were a couple. Yeah, that, 
you didn't want me getting advice from them, <laughs> but you didn't <laughs> want to talk about it for real, like in a real way. Yeah, that, yeah, I can see that. I, it, you know, what's funny is I was one of the friends that would give advice and I had no idea what I was talking about. So that's why, <laughs> that's what like makes me laugh because you know, our young group of friends, we're all trying to just figure it out. So we're like going exactly. through this sort of life journey together at 12, trying right. to understand what's going on. <laughs> but all of our moms are saying the same thing. So it's like, girl, I can't tell my mama, like, I, right. you know, what, what you, how you feel about this, you know, yeah. and forming those relationships that I, I believe that we should have um, had more of an opportunity to form with our parents. So being that you, you know, you deal mostly with children and things like that, I always believe in this process where we always become who we need it, right? Mm -hmm. So as we talk about you um, being that figure for, for children now, where does that drive or where does that motivation come from for you? Uh, yeah, so <laughs> <laughs> I never really felt like I had a voice as a child. Mm. That was really the biggest thing that I've always said that has always stayed consistent is I want to be a voice for these young people or I want to give them a voice first and also be a voice for them because no one's listening to them. Um, the one thing that I got in trouble for the most was my mouth. Um, <laughs> like I was considered rebellious. I was considered to mm. have an attitude all the time. And like Woo. my mom <laughs> will tell you, like, I would argue with people. Like they said, okay, you're going to be a lawyer because you just like to argue. <laughs> like she will argue with you that the sky is green just because you said it's blue. And I'm like, well, I think I just had different perspectives and that wasn't always appreciated and to mm -hmm. me you know people always say like oh you're just a kid like what do you know da, da, da. but I did a YouTube video with one of my friends last year before school started back and we were talking about sometimes kids do have good ideas just yeah. listen to them there is no harm in that so even when it comes to small things, like maybe your child has this idea of why don't we, uh, what's a good example? I don't know, but some idea <laughs> on how the family could do things a little bit differently. And instead of shutting them down, okay, let's try it for a day mm -hmm. or talk it out with them because you might be thinking, oh, that's a crazy idea or that would never work but why? And are you explaining that to them? So then they learn as they grow, why does this work versus this? Why do we do things this way? But kids, like, especially black kids, like we get in trouble for asking why. That's mm -hmm. disrespectful. Yeah. But no, I'm just learning about my environment and, you know, different things. But a lot of times I figured out that they didn't know the reason why either. It was just <laughs> what we've always done. Because so, I said so. What you mean? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I'm like, eh, but that didn't really work for me. But no yeah. one cares because you're a kid. And so that always was very bothersome to me. Mm -hmm. um, 
I felt like I got shut down a lot when I was just trying to talk and give my perspective. It was like not accepted because I was a child and I don't agree with that at all. Yeah. I like that. I I can, I was the same as you. Um, I got shut down a lot just off rip. (laughs) Ain't nobody trying to hear what you guys say right now, you know, or a lot of times, like I've said on previous episodes where um, it was sort of assumed that I had an attitude, you know, when maybe I really didn't, maybe I was actually like, I don't know, sad or something else, but it was just that feeling was placed on me. So I think that a part of the reason why um, my feelings and the and so many boundaries are really a wall was set between me and my mom is because we didn't know how to communicate mm-hmm. with each other. And I, in turn, did not learn how to communicate my own feelings. So yeah. I took on that, um, those feelings of, yeah, if, I'm, if you say I'm angry, yeah, I'm angry. Sure, whatever. You know, whatever will keep it moving so we don't have to worry about you know me anymore Kira's angry because she's in her room in those moments like I would be saying something they'll say you have an attitude but I worked really hard like before going to them to Um, not have an attitude when I said it (laughs) so then when they still say nope you still have an attitude I'm like (laughs) dang it like that was extremely frustrating to me Mm -hmm. because I was like what can I do? So you're not teaching me. You're telling me it's not what you said, it's how you said it, but I'm getting in trouble for it instead of you taking the time to say, okay, your inflection was a little bit wrong. You know, not that I knew what inflection was at five, but right. <laughs> <Not> like, <five. laughs> I, yeah, th- these problems started early. <laughs> so now I'm an adult in these meetings at work. Mm. having these same issues, Mm. not knowing how to correct it. Wow. That brings up so much for me because I honestly feel like a lot of times the things that we go through as children do translate in us as adults. And I was talking to you about it and I was talking to um, one of my homegirls, Terry, shout out to Terry, um, about the inner child theory. And with that, like, sort of going back and addressing what happened to us as children or what we felt or what went through as children and how if we don't address it, it's still going to come out. So, like, for me not being able to express myself emotionally or otherwise, um, then being an adult and finding myself getting frustrated in those similar situations, it's like, well, how do I go back and address that, you know? Yeah. So what, what what are your thoughts on the inner child theory? And, and can you tell us a little bit about how we can start going back and addressing those things? So I think, number one, that's absolutely true. And if you really start to look at it, you'll probably, you know, all the listeners, you'll probably start to see different connections. Um, therapy is a really great way because you have someone else that is looking at it from a different perspective and able to connect the dots for you. So that's a really major way, but you also have to do your own work and Mm. take the time to say, okay, I don't like these things. Like I don't like being in a meeting and feeling like I can't speak because it's going to come out the wrong way, or I feel like I'm not being heard anyway. So I'm just going to 
shut up and be quiet, which typically is not my Uh, (laughs) go-to. So usually it's the opposite of, oh, she's being disrespectful. No, I'm just speaking up. So realizing what the issue is, going back and looking at that, like, okay, how was this relationship? Mm -hmm. Or, you know, um, and then, like I said, going to therapy to address that so that you have someone else there that can connect the dots for you. Cause when you're in the middle, it's hard to see, but someone from the outside, it's a little bit more clear how this has affected you. So like, that's one of the ways is like being in meetings and having those different issues, but it also has infect- it affected um, like my anxiety, depression, mm-hmm. how you go through relationships with significant others, all of that is impacted by those first interactions with your parents, your mom, especially as a woman. When you look at it, family is your first influence, Mm -hmm. where you grew up. And that's why I really am working with parents now and teaching them these things that you think are small make a huge impact later. So them taking the time to say, okay, Kaya, this is how you could have said this instead of why you always have attitude to them. That might have been small, but now I'm living the impact of it and it's not small anymore. Mm -hmm. So that's why I, work with parents on those kinds of things because you have to think about how is this going to affect my child later you Mm -hmm. have to look beyond now right now you're tired you're frustrated you got all this other stuff going on but there's a whole bigger picture that is going to need to be addressed so for me even in my romantic relationships you know, and my boyfriend's like, well, why didn't you just tell me this? Why are you hiding things from me? And not, I don't know, hiding things sounds terrible, but it was like, I wasn't being open about certain things. Well, Mm -hmm. when I was a child, I couldn't because Mm -hmm. it always was like, I would test my parents, right? So I would see, <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, can I tell you this? If I'm honest with you, how are you going to react? Mm. Every time, it got blown up in my face negatively. Yeah. So now, what you're teaching me is there are always going to be negative consequences about me being honest with you. Mm. So now with everybody else, I'm going to try to protect myself because really lying, those kinds of things, it's all about protection. It's all a defense mechanism. It's because I don't feel safe with giving you the truth because I'm scared of what the result might be. Mm. So that began to flow into other relationships. And it's like, at this point, girl, you're almost 30. Like (laughs) what's going to happen? Are you going to get in trouble? Like, I'm not about to give you a whooping. Like, (laughs) but I don't feel like I can be 
a hundred percent with you and I have to kind of leave out certain details or oh yes like that because of how you might react how you might take it yes. so a really specific example so mm-hmm. uh, I was in college and I was dating this guy uh, and I had come home for the weekend and they knew about this guy they had met him um I didn't always share information about who I was dating or talking to or whatever with my parents because they were those that were like, we need to meet everybody. And I was like, no, no, you don't. (laughs) So uh, we just going to keep that over here. Another way that I learned, I cannot be honest with you. So I'm with this guy. We were probably like 21 at the time, maybe a little younger. But because I was still an undergrad and I was like living in the dorms or whatever, then I was going home for the weekend. So I asked him one day, hey, can I go see my boyfriend? I didn't have a car yet. Uh, So I might have been like 19 maybe. So they were like, yeah, sure. Okay. I go have a good time. When I get back, they're asking questions. I'm like, I'm in college now. Like I can be honest with you. Like we can have real conversations. So they ask about his mom being there. And I was like, well, yeah, she was. And then she left. They blew up. Uh-oh. She left and you didn't leave too. You should have never. And I was like, oh, you realize that if I hang out with people at school, their parents are not there. Like, <laughs> like you do realize that that's a thing. So I'm like, okay. So then. I'm like, all right, this is just something we got to work through. It's kind of that releasing the reins, you know, as Mm -hmm. we get older. And then the next time comes around. Hey, I want to go see him. Nope. (gasps) Um, Right. Really? So now I was honest with you and said, no, his mom didn't stay the whole time. And now you're holding that against me. Because I'm honest. So they went as far as like that night. Um, I had I was still ushering at church <laughs> very shortly after. <laughs> but I was like, yeah, I gotta go get these pantyhose because I have to usher tomorrow, right? No. I so I I can't go to Walmart? Nope, because this is the same night that I asked to go see him and they said no. I'm like, but church is tomorrow like I really need to go okay if you're gonna go take all your siblings with you oh wow and I am in college the the trust is gone I'm like but I was honest with you I told you what happened where I was going I could have said I want to go hang out with my friends and really be going to see him. Mm-hmm. But I didn't feel like I should have to do that because I'm like pretty much grown. Um, so yeah, those kinds of things you have to think about. And I had to look at these kinds of situations have affected me in so many ways. So now that I realize it, I have to be like, okay, I'm not in that situation anymore. Mm -hmm. This is not then. And my boyfriend now, 
or even my friends or whatever should not have to still pay for what my parents did. So now Mm. I have to do the work. Wow. That is so good. I'm going to let you finish, but that is so good. (laughs) Yes, girl. (laughs) I have to make the decision that, yes, they did wrong and whatever. Now I know that. Now what can I do to make sure that my relationships don't go the same way or that I'm not stuck in that same frame of mind? Yes. Wow. That okay, can we snap? No. <laughs> that was an entire word. I just want to let you know that you spoke directly to my spirit. <laughs> this brings me to another thing too. When I and I think I mentioned this before um on another episode, but that Medea show I, that Medea movie, I always go back to that. I think it was Medea goes to jail. And um, there was a girl in there and that was saying like, you don't know what they did to me. You know, she was talking about her parents. Yeah. And she was like, they they did this to me. And Medea was like, okay, but you, you got to let that go. Like, you know, yeah. it's, it's all well and good to have it. By all means, address it. Like the situation that you have addressed that situation. But as an adult, now it becomes, like you said, what are you going to do about it? You acknowledge that this is something that has happened to you. You acknowledge that you didn't like the way it made you feel and that you don't want to live your life that way. Now, what is the work that you're going to do? Because holding your parents to this, you know, they might accept it and say, like, you know what? We was definitely doing too much. Like, my bad. Or (laughs) they'll be like, girl, they caught amnesia real quick. Mm-hmm. Or they feel like they did what they had to do, and we're not going to talk about it at all. Oh yeah, yeah. You know that. So I don't agree often with Medea and her <laughs> Thanks, ways that she approaches things. <laughs> like anyway, but it's a there's a difference between acknowledging what happened, feeling that seeing how it affected you, but Mm -hmm. then eventually getting to the point of making a change. And it doesn't mean ignoring what happened. It doesn't mean just acting like it never happened or whatever, or that it didn't have an effect on you. But at some point growing and saying, you know what? Okay. Now I have to think about my future what I want to that to look like um breaking these generational curses and all that for when Mm -hmm. I become a mother um or even if you're already a mother um my children I still have an opportunity to grow and shape them so now I want to be different but you can't do that Mm -hmm. until you've really addressed all these other things and seen it in yourself and That's hard because even for me, like I don't have kids yet, but a lot of times I get really scared that I'm gonna make the same mistakes. Ooh. Like real scared. And I'm like, I know this stuff. I teach it to other people, but when it and I guess it's kind of a version of imposter Mm -hmm. syndrome. And I'm just like, but 
like I really want to do so much better for my children that I yeah it's it's girl you gonna make me (laughs) because that's my that's my feelings like people ask me all the time like oh you guys have been together so long you've been married but I'm like man I don't know if I'm ready for children because man I would be so disappointed in myself if I didn't allow my kids to to be better than me you know what I mean to allow my kids to to give them the opportunity to speak like if 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 I and this is not bashing my mom it's just like it's it's just what it is you know like if if I allow my children to feel the way that I felt oftentimes growing up like man the guilt of that, not even like I, lo- I don't even have kids, and I love them too much to allow them to feel yes. that. You know what? I, does that yes. make sense? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. So, like, it, it, I've, I didn't know, I've never said that out loud before. So, like, knowing that you feel that way too, I'm like, okay, so maybe I'm not crazy. Yeah. But also, there's something, there's something to that. Like, I, I, I can't. I have to learn everything that I can from the situations that I've gone through because of these future children <laughs> that I, right. I plan to have. Yeah. Um, but, but oftentimes when I think about kids, that is, aside from still wanting to travel, which I understand you could still do, but that is one of the major things that has held me back from that because I'm like, I don't know if I'm ready for that responsibility because I know what that feels like to be on the other side of that and I wouldn't want to put anyone else through those feelings because that that's a hard thing to get over as I'm going through it right yeah I talked to one of my mom friends um because most of my friends have kids uh Mm. they're all older than me (laughs) I'm always the baby of the group and I was talking to her and just about her parenting style and stuff like that. And I was like, I really love it. And I hope that I can be the same way with my kids. And she was like, Kaya, the way that you love our kids, <laughs> you are going to be a great mom. I was like, yeah, but I'm so scared. Like, yeah. it was like, no. And what I had to realize was I know things now that I can put into place. So even with you, as you're learning and growing, you know what to do different. Our parents, they were in denial (laughs) and they didn't know. I mean, part of it was denial. Part of it was just not knowing how much of an impact different things actually had. But you know, so you can do those different things. And I firmly like, I've been praying for my future kids since I was probably mm. like a teenager. And I like, and I've I told one of my friends that when we were younger and she was like, really? I was like, Oh yes. Like I want them to be protected from different, like certain peer pressures and things like that. Wow. I want our relationship to be good. I want them to feel open with coming to me about anything, anything, anything. So, yeah, I mean, prayer works too. And, yeah. you know, praying that God give you the guidance and the wisdom that you need and also the peace in how you're going to be as a mom. Because you're doing the work, 
you are taking care of what needs to be done now so that you are ready to be the mom that they need. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Uh, I just, I feel, uh, I feel a little bit better knowing that I wasn't the only person that thought that. And I'm sure from the listeners, (laughs) I'm sure somebody else out there uh, feels that as well. But man, this, um, this was good. This is really good. I appreciate you for for um coming on and talking to us about that. You mentioned that you um had a event called Healing for the Black Woman. Mm-hmm. Are these the sort of things that you address um these sorts of topics during those events? Yeah, so um this year was the first one and every year we're just going to dive deeper. Mm-hmm. Um but Yeah, definitely. And just how do we break those generational curses? Like we're here now. How do we make sure that from here on out, each generation just gets better and doesn't carry these same toxic things with them? Um, I won't say I blame my parents, my mom for my depression, anxiety, those kinds of things. But I will say some of the things that they did contributed to that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so now teaching people, you, some of it is chemical in the brain, you're born with it, whatever, whatever. But the way that you parent can also shift that a little bit as well. So yeah, the purpose of that event is to heal to uncover different wounds we did um, different activities and stuff like that so it wasn't just speakers you know like talking at you I encouraged mothers to bring their daughters um, Mm. from ages six and up and so we had like bonding activities and things like that because that relationship is so so important yeah that's beautiful. When is the next one? Because um, <laughs> <laughs> next one is so I'm going to try to keep it in May, like around Mother's Day. Okay. Um, so I am. I was just praying about that the other day. Like, okay, Lord, what do you have for me for this coming year? So it's it's downloading. <laughs> Well, sign me up. Sign my mom up too. We we'll have to make our <laughs> make our way out there to uh, to that because I, one thing, and like you said, I, I can't contribute everything that I've gone through um, through the way that my because of the way that my mom parented me. But it definitely had a big impact on why I am the way I am today. And yeah. so, like many women many black women, um, the goal is to have a thriving relationship with their mom. And I know that is the goal for me. Um, I love my mom with everything and I want to be able to continue to grow with her. And, and almost like, because we didn't get it right, you know, when I, whenever I do eventually have a a daughter, I hope, um, that she can kind of learn through that as well. And, you know, I think that life is the, is the best teacher so being able to see, you know, a, another generation of us evolve and be positive and happy and grow up, you know, thriving, I think that that would bless her as well to be able to experience that. 
So anything that, you know, we can do to, to build on that relationship, I'm definitely here for my sister as well. Um, and so, yeah, let us know what's going on and let the people know where they can find you. Cause I'm sure after this, you're going to have a couple inquiries <laughs> about uh, this mother daughter. So tell us your socials. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so I am at notes by Kaya, um, K H I A on everything except for YouTube is M Z K M O N E T. I may switch that to the Nose Wakaya YouTube, but that's a lot of work. <laughs> so uh, all the other videos are there. Um, so I'm on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and then the YouTube. And then my website is notesbykaya.com. Hey, okay. Well, thank you so much, Kaya, for being here with us, y'all. I hope you were blessed by this conversation like I was. And I'll see you on the next one. Bye. Thank you for having me.